Welcome to Breakthrough Brands. You are listening to The Conscious Business Show, bringing purpose, profit, and prosperity into your life and business with your host, Joe Dalton. Yes, and this week's guest is Stephen Hunt. Stephen lives in Germany, but is originally from the UK, a trusted advisor. He's an executive coach and consultant. Stephen works with a lot of international companies, and I'll let him tell you now exactly what he does. But what is going on at the moment in this world? Stephen is the right guy to have in your company because he works with teams and he helps teams understand who they are and how the organisation is functioning as well. Stephen, are you there, my friend? I am, Joe. Hi, thanks for having me. Delighted to have you. We've had many conversations over the phone and on video chat and everything as well. And what are your thoughts about what's going on in the world at the moment? Oh wow! Um, well, if I could summarise that into a into a, a minute or two, I'd be a rich man. I think there's a lot of confusion um, about what's going on and what's going to come out of all of this. Um, obviously, there's a lot of frustration and denial, and probably there's quite a lot of people feeling quite isolated. But I already did a lot of work from uh, my office here at home, so it's fairly normal for me. But I, I would say those are the four things that people are faced with right now, and particularly, obviously, the confusion and the frustration of not being able to go about their normal lives. We spoke earlier in the week and we mentioned, you know, about people and companies being steady, which I yeah. think is very important. Um, a fresh approach, you know, is now needed. Traditional ways of doing business has changed and different strategies need to be implemented as well. How are you seeing how people are adapting and are the willingness to make changes? I guess more than anything, I'm reminded of, <laughs> there's an old saying, isn't there? People who drive slower than you on the motorway are idiots. People who drive faster than you are maniacs. And I think a lot of people are looking around and thinking, am I doing the right thing? Should I be going slower? Should I be going faster? The people who want to go slower think that people going faster are maniacs and vice versa. I think the important point is to get over the frustration and start thinking about, you know, what is this going to mean in three months time, in six months time? So I think there's going to be a lot more use of new technology, um, not only in business, I think generally in life, a lot more automation, a lot more remote working. I think it's going to make a difference, certainly in the type of work that I do, which is working with international companies. It's going to be a huge difference in the way that their teams are organized um, also, the supply chains, they're going to be restructured and realigned and probably more regionalized, not so freely spread across the world. And those are the themes that are coming out now. And I think that's the important thing. It's looking at themes that are starting to appear because I don't think anybody knows exactly what's going to happen in six months in a year from now. No, I don't. I believe there's going to be certain types of leaders that are going to come from this. We know that it was the crisis management and there was the fear and the excitement. And then with the crisis management is sort of like speaking to someone there on another show recently and they're saying they were an IT company and they were setting everyone up. Yeah. And that all now is starting to slip away because everyone is set up. They said there is a niche. They've realized there is a bigger issue with Wi-Fi than we ever actually thought. It's not as strong as what we believed it to be. And now what's happening is all these people are working from home. They're all set up from home. They're adapting. 
So now yeah. the big offices will probably go, okay, we, maybe we don't need the big offices as what we do because we're figuring out people will grow. So we have the fear, then the stillness, and then, the, you know, the crisis management. My theory is you have the resentment, you know, one company's doing better than another or someone's doing something and there's that resentment. And then you're kind of looking, should I be jumping on and doing something in the white noise? Or your ego's going, do something now. Or you're saying, uh, sit back and observe and then your ego's going you missed the boat you missed the boat because it's mm-hmm. thinking about the finances and all where I'm starting to adapt where how can I even better serve and not worried about any of that do you think a lot of other companies a lot of leaders will will move into that or will they be still driven from the ego fear base oh wow that's a great question I, I think it'll split I think it's quite simple. It'll split down the middle. If I can extend that that yeah. driving metaphor, you know, you've been down the German autobahn, you know, no, no speed limit. So get out of the cities and you can drive, you know, you can drive like however you want, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do. I have. I have. <laughs> and, you know, think about it. If you could go at any speed you wanted to on, a, on an autobahn, on a motorway, who would you want? to be driving you well i know who i'd want i'd want somebody who's used to driving at high speeds and that is probably going to be an ambulance driver or a police driver somebody who's been taught to drive at blue light speeds why because they they look at the road differently there's a wonderful acronym for this coast which is concentration observation awareness to create space and time. So C-O-A-S-T, concentration, observation, awareness to create space and time. This is something I often talk to leaders about. What do you need? You need to create space and time. What do all the best people do, whether it's driving and you can take that out into sports? You know, what do all the best, you and I have taught rugby, what do all the best standoffs do, all the best fly halves do? They create space and time. How do they do it? They have this sense of what's going on around them and they have this awareness in the moment. So that's where I would encourage people to focus. Don't get lost with your ego because what you focus on grows and what you ignore dies. So just ignore the the little ego voice in your head and focus more on what am I aware of what's emerging, what's happening now in the areas that I'm working in. Forget what other people are doing or that shouldn't be the primary focus. You maybe need to have an eye on it. But the primary focus is on creating the space and the time. Because if you can do that at the top of an organization, it trickles all the way down and everybody starts creating space and time. And that's where you get better decisions. When everybody runs around like headless chickens, um, it just creates chaos. Yeah, I think it's calmness and the sort of yeah. the ripple effect as well. I'm in lockdown four weeks now. Um, yeah. And the process that I was going through last week and the process this week has changed. And I know that a high percentage of people are doing quite well, but that could change next week. And, you know, even people are more positive. They might even slip back down. And if it goes on another week, which it will. So you're going to see these patterns of highs, lows, and it's okay to be high. It's okay to crash because it's a process you're dealing with and it shows that you're human. But I believe if you can let it all go, I think it'll be more than 50-50 the longer this goes on that the people that have realized all this other stuff that I've been, haven't been learning to live without is okay. Yeah, it, it's learning to listen to voices of stability. You know, yours is one. 
you know, I've, I've learned that in our conversations, um, people who can, you know, see beyond that, those ups and downs and, and know that it, even if we're in a down, it's, it, it's going to go into an up. Yeah. Yeah. And likewise, when we're at the top in an up, don't, don't believe that it can only keep going upwards, you know, be prepared for the fact that it will stutter and start this recovery. It's the stability that people need in the people around them and not this blind panic. What have you observed yourself from the companies that you, you either have been working with or companies mm. that you would like to work with before mm. this all happened and how they're handling it and then moving six months down the road? Will the landscape be totally different or will human nature just drive us all back to the way we were? Yeah, I, I think before the, the companies that I worked with, I think there was, you know, a lot of them are based in Germany. G Germany's doing quite well, although it was on the edge of a recession. Uh, but there was a lot of confidence and it bordered into arrogance. And for me, the difference between confidence and arrogance is that with arrogance, I don't think I've got anything else left to learn. With confidence, I'm sure of myself. That's a good point, and yeah. But I'm open to other inputs. So there was a lot of confidence and it has really rocked people. I spoke to somebody um, two weeks ago and this company was doing really well. It's in the medical business. They've got a huge stack of cash, you know, and I thought that would be the last company to do what it did. And what they did is they immediately closed their production locations. They put the staff in the States and in Asia, uh, they furloughed them. And in Europe, they put them on uh, shorter working hours. And that was quite a surprise, the strength of the reaction. I think it shocked a lot of their employees. And I think a lot of people were thinking, wow, you know, it, life is not as good as I thought it was. One of my responses to that is I've reached out to my closest clients and I've said, look, you know, I do have some spare capacity at this time. Um, I'll take a limited number of people on a free 60-day executive coaching because that's one of the services I, I offer. Yeah. One of the things that struck me was the responses from people who must be extremely busy. You know, the people that I work with, you know, they're closing factories for a month or two months, whatever. And just the human response that came back. And that was quite heartwarming. I, you know, I'd almost love to publish all of those responses in, in um, online in a post or something because you just saw the human face. And I think that's what a lot of people that I work with are, are taking forward. They're seeing who cares. They really see who cares. And you know, they care for their the people under them. I don't know whether that's just a very Germanic thing. I've no idea. I can't explain it. But they're really moving forward with this more humane um, caring about the people that work for them. I'm not sure how far that extends out into caring for society, but certainly, you know, people in their neighborhood, people in their company, they're trying their best to help them out. And I think that's just a very positive thing. If we can take that forward, that would be great. The four things that keep coming up for me, it's reflection, it's compassion, <laughs> it's gratitude, it's opportunities. And also what's coming up now is clarity and conversations. 
And yeah. if you look at the word clarity, it's one of the hardest things that a lot of people can't figure out where they're yeah. going. And when, you know, I, I always believe that when you have clarity in your business, then everything else falls into place. I want to jump on from the people that you're seeing that are making a difference. And there is just, just so much, let's call it, there's so much love in the world that, you know, there's yeah. people out there who are doing things and you're going, that's amazing. And like our president, our Taoiseach, did a speech a couple of weeks ago. And it actually, I've seen a leader and, you know, I seen what he was doing and, it, you know, I felt proud to be Irish at that time. And, you yeah. know, and yesterday the government brought out a little thing that it was okay for Easter Bunny to travel. So they gave the Easter Bunny a certificate and all the kids now have a certificate from the government saying Easter Bunny can travel. These are just small, nice things. And our government is not running now on ego or fighting about what my opinion is and what your opinion is with political parties. And it goes into really what I want to jump on as our next subject is conscious leadership. And mm. I believe that Germany was probably lacking a lot of conscious leadership. And I believe that this this is like an electric shock to the world. And I think that more people will start to understand, define what conscious leadership is and act on it more. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are just you have just used their head that, you know, it, it's very intellectual, their leadership. Um, to date. And I think this is pushing people to consider other areas. So, you know, not just leading with your head, but leading with your heart, um, leading with your emotions and being aware, being more aware of what's happening. And and where are you aware first? Where are most people aware first? It's in their body. It's their senses. It's what they see, what they hear. You know, very often when I'm coaching people, They'll tell me about some, I don't know, some conflict that they've got in the office, somebody that they don't get on with. And they will explain to me what they're thinking. And I say to them, where do you experience it first in your body? And they're amazed. They're absolutely amazed that the early warning signs are normally physical. It's normally that your body intuitively picks up on this. There's, for example, that, you know, if if we're about to get into an argument, yet again in the office um there might be a tightening uh, in their chest you you know it, you're tensing up this is fight or flight classically i mean yeah. to simplify it a bit you know, the vision narrows you know if you're continually getting into that repeatedly then how can you have a constructive discussion because your mind is closing down your mind is focusing in on the target and instead of opening up, it should, your vision should be opening up, not closing, narrowing down or closing itself down onto the, the target. Um, I, I think there's a huge role for intuition that's just been ignored. And it's there. Um, companies have used it in the past. Um, I mean, the classic example is Steve Jobs, isn't it? You know, all all the products that he came out with, iTunes, iPhone, um, and all the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. If you ask him, how did he have the idea? He says it's intuition. It was intuition. So this, a lot of planning has been done on the basis of analyzing data. And yes, there's a place for that. But the winners are the ones who are going to get into using their imagination, using their intuition to see the opportunities. 
Now, if if I'm getting into arguments constantly in the office or um, everything is done in my head and I'm narrowing down and focusing on the target, how can I think intuitively? I can't. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm focused in survival mode and that is the exact opposite of a growth mode. So to get into a growth mode, I need to tune into what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing in my body and, and what I imagine, what my intuition is telling me. And when I access all of those areas, then I can say that I'm aware of what's going on. And that is when I start to have clarity and that's when I start to create opportunities. That's what I love about the process that you have and how you deal with companies as well, because you understand the left brain and the right brain and you join them together, but you also then are open up to understand the energy in the room. It's really easy to understand and it's really easy for anybody who's listening to communicate it. You know, I I worked once with one government organization and I worked with this specialist unit and it was for the people who they weren't going to the top of the organization, but they were recognized generally as the experts and they were the top 15 people in an organization, about 5,000 in terms of their experience and knowledge. The thing was, they were seconded to this unit for two years. It was like a, almost like a bonus. And you know, sitting in the room with them, they all wanted to show how good they were and they competed with each other. And I said to them, guys, and it was mainly guys, I said, guys, I said, sitting with you lot is like sitting with a bunch of silver-backed gorillas. You know, there's that famous video clip, I think it's from the 80s, with David Attenborough somewhere in Uganda or That's Rwanda right, yeah, yeah. with the gorillas, yeah, up in the rainforest. And He's sitting right in the middle. I don't know if you can remember the clip, but he's sitting right in the middle and he's talking, whispering, because he's thinking, bloody hell, if I move, or sorry, I should say, blimey, if I move, yeah, um, this this big male silverback gorilla is going to pounce on me Pull and squash off, me. Yeah. And I said to the group, how about you change that frame from silverback gorillas to gentle giants? You know, what... What do gentle giants do? Because that's a, they still have the strength, they still have the power, they still have the intellectual capacity, but they use it in different ways. And these people who are very intellectual, great academics, um, they responded to that. And we didn't go into it any deeper, but that was all we needed. And I think any manager can do that. It's just putting a metaphor on the situation and inviting people to choose. You are listening to The Conscious Business Show with Joe Dalton. It's interesting because what I've learned is that we all have different stuff in our own heads, okay? And we all have a different experience in life and we process information differently. Mm. And it so it makes all our thinking correct. No one is wrong because of just the way life is. Yeah. But it's how you then bring that across in a more of a, a positive, gentler way instead of an aggressive way. Mm. And one of the big things that I'm getting at the moment is inspired action. And what is inspired action about? Inspired action for me is like I've been working on some stuff and I've written it out, but I haven't processed it. I put it out, out yet. And the reason why I haven't put it out yet is because I'm forcing it if I do it now, instead of pushing it. 
Mm. And I'm waiting for that moment of inspired action because it will flow a lot better and it'll be more authentic and it'll be more passionate. So even though there's a crisis going on in the world and people are throwing stuff out, I'm just sitting there and going, okay, I know this needs to be done, but my body will tell me now is the time. Yeah. It just comes in in the flow. That's what you're talking about, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Totally agree. You know, and I think it's about being in the flow. It's tuning in. You know, I I was down. (laughs) I know this is a crazy story, but I was in Lidl and um, this is the situation. You know, I was at Lidl. I was at the getting some milk and this woman wanted to get past. So first of all, she hit my trolley with her trolley, you know, and I'm like, okay, fair enough, you know, and then. Two minutes later, after she got after she got her yogurts, she put her yogurts in my trolley and pushed my trolley away. <laughs> yes. That's fine. So doing, I said, doing my "Excuse shopping. me, I, I think you've <laughs> taken my trolley." And she was embarrassed and apologised and all the rest of it. But it was a very nice, calm, funny interaction. You know, yeah. she smiled and we had a joke and that was it. Two minutes later, I was still trying to get my dairy products, my yogurts and my milk. And this this guy came and you could just sense that he was looking for a confrontation. You know, so I just yeah. stood there with my trolley. I didn't move an inch, you know, and he and he got his confrontation. He he had a, a you know, a few choice words. And I thought, look, at, look at the difference between the two. You know, the guy is up for a I don't know, whatever. He, he's up for a, an argument. I don't think he was up for a fight but at seven o'clock in the morning, but he's up for an argument. Um Fine. You know, he, he had his little show and off he went. Yeah, you the, go fine. You're looking for an argument. There's a woman over there. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's just taking your trolley, mate. She's just taking your trolley. <laughs> <laughs> the woman was far more aware in that situation. Yeah. She, she realized that, you know, she was a little bit stressed. She pushed my trolley out the way. But then when she made the mistake, she had the awareness to to open up and say, you know, hey, it's a mistake, let's have a joke and, and off she, off we went type of thing. But I, I think that for me in a nutshell is the difference. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the the guy who, let's face it, is get, trying to get a litre of milk? <laughs> is that worth an argument? The energy. If that's your yeah. life, whew, good luck. You know, you're going you're gonna to get stressed out. You're going to um, have all sorts of psychosomatic illnesses you know or do you want to be the woman who and we all we all do it from time to time we get overstressed we do something we didn't necessarily want to do and then we have the awareness to see the funny side of it and you know just see it for what it is and move on i, I i'd rather be what the the woman was doing than be constantly tense like the guy and the people who will come out of this the best will be doing what the woman's doing true here's a question then it's funny that you you spoke about the guy because my next question to you was the corporate bullies of this world how do you think they're going to fare out in what's going on in the world do you think they're going to be caught out or are they just going to be empowered i think there's going to be a cabal a small group that are going to come out of this really well um, in their eyes but I, I think what we don't hear from it enough is the silent majority and that's that's most of the people that's most of the people that we meet every day that's most people that are going to listen to this um you know look at the uk 
they they asked for 250,000 volunteers to help out delivering medicines and taking people to the hospital. And what was it? Within two days, they had 600,000 people volunteer. Same here. You, you know, know, it was far was it above same and beyond. Island? Yeah, above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that generosity of spirit for every... <laughs> every president of a big country, <laughs> yeah, the big global power that there is for every narcissist that there is, you know, there's a hundred thousand people in Ireland and and in the UK and Germany that are reaching out and showing compassion. So again, where do I choose to focus? You know, I I personally focus on the generosity of all those people that have volunteered, all those people that are checking in on their neighbours. All those people that are helping the old people down the road um, get their food from the shop, you know, um, that other people take advantage of the situation, big corporates, fine, let them get on with it. You know, I'll do everything I can democratically to stop that, but I'm not going to lose lose time in my life worrying about it. That's always happened and it always will happen. Yeah, again, as we know, people will start to take stock of their lives and what matters and what doesn't matter. I've even asked people, what can they live without? And they're telling me what they're missing, but they haven't really gone about what they really can live without. But yeah. if I was asked the same question to someone who was in a refugee camp, they would say water, food and shelter. Yeah. yeah. And you know that's you know we this is what's going on in the world you know it's it's a first world problem it's yeah. you know there's a, there's a difference between the coronavirus hitting in a refugee camp or the slums of india where they don't really care about it because people are dying anyway they're prob yeah. they're just looking for the bare necessities so i think for me it's, it's kind of going i'm learning to live without an awful lot and I've learned what I've been living without. It's like I've been preparing for it. I'll start washing again in a couple of weeks. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know the kids the, just spray me Literally with the spring clean. There's <laughs> <laughs> one since Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there was Christmas. But that's the difference, isn't it? Different countries, yeah. different people are experiencing different things. It's adapting really to figure out what do we need. We talk about restaurants. People talk about food production and mm -hmm. there's so much food in this world, but it's not an issue with food, it's distribution. Like there's so many people starve or die, there's children that die of starvation. You know, people around the world can't get proper drinking water compared to, oh, I can't get me latte. Like this for me is really kind of looking at how governments, how policies, how everything in the world runs and it's no longer going to be me, my country. I think the world is going to have to be united as we are on this to really fix and hopefully fix the structures of the future. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's on all of us to to challenge those those people who, you know, want to um, monopolize power and have a have it in, you know, the control of a few big corporates and it's there. It is there. Look at Zoom. You know, we, you and I have used Zoom for a long time. I, I know that. Um, I think they had 10 million users in December last year. They've now got about 200 million because everybody's suddenly jumping on Zoom. Yeah. And look at the backlash against 
they, their arrogant privacy policies. You know, and, and people are saying, well, it's, it's not as private as you said it was. It's not as secure as you said it was. Um, and do something about it. Yeah. And as long as there are people standing up and, and being counted in, in that sense, um, you know, in the corporate world, I think that that can only be a good thing. And it's on all of us to, to stand up and be included and going wider to the, if you like, the, the worldwide, the geopolitics. Yeah, and we're going to have to help um, yeah. Africa. We're going to have to help the, the poorer countries get through this. Um, and I, I know this sounds a bit of an odd perspective, but we have to do it for, from, for our benefit as well as their benefit. Because, you know, if, if you're in sub-Saharan Africa right now, where would you go if you're, you know, if, if your nation was, at, was struggling to deal with uh, coronavirus and the after effects? You're going to come north to Europe. Yeah. So... I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, but it's in our interest to help those countries grow by giving them the support now. So not closing them, not closing them off from medical supplies, not closing them off from ventilators, not hoarding them in places like Germany, where I am. Uh, I think it's also about sharing. And that is that's the statesmanship piece that needs to happen. And not blaming it on some sort of nonsense like, oh, it's the Chinese, it's a Chinese virus. Um, I'm not sure where that gets you. I, I think you have to reach out to yeah, people. people will see that. I think it's. I think the 3 a.m. wake up calls are going to be very different for a lot of people. And I hope that this is a massive learning process for the way everything is conducted around the world. Yeah. And out of it we will see the strong leaders and they're the people that are calm like yourself and are the yeah. people that are running around you know I, 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 I'm I saying that you know you have to fear the judgment you know person yeah. then you have the, the, the person who's you know in denial everything is you know not going to happen and then you have the positive calm leader you also yeah. have the opportunists who are trying to rip everyone off you yeah. know, these are the four types of people out there. And I think people will see through it. I really do. And there is precedence. You know, end of the Second World War, uh, look at what Roosevelt did. You know, so Germany was defeated. The Americans knew that the Germany was defeated around March time, 1945. So this is a month or two before the end of the uh, hostilities. Huge pressure at that time, March 1945, on Roosevelt to take punitive action against Germany, you know, somehow get some, I don't know, compensation or make the Germans pay. And what he had the presence of mind to do was to say, no, the reason we're in this position in 1945, or one of the reasons is because we did exactly that um, at the end of the First World War. We need a, a function in Europe. So, they, yes, it was based partly on self-interest. They needed someone to sell American products to. But he had the wherewithal in that moment to say, no, um, we're not going to deny Germany access to coal and, and steel. They need to rebuild their economy so that we, could, we, we can support the economy and we can support democracy in Germany. And that's more or less 
in a nutshell, what Roosevelt yeah. did. Now, that sounds great looking back now, but imagine the pressure at um, the start, the the early months of 1945 on Roosevelt to take punitive action. He didn't. He kept calm. He he looked at what he wanted to create. And then he moved towards that. And and those are the type of leaders who we need. And I think ultimately they they are the the leaders who will draw the support to them. That's people will back that type of person. Yeah, I would I would say more than the chancer. You are listening to the Conscious Business Show with Joe Dalton. Tell me, what opportunities do you see for yourself for your business? How are you adapting? And the talents and the gifts that you have, how are you starting to put them into action to best mm. serve your community? Well, I, I think it's going to be on collaboration. For me, on collaboration um, internationally, because I work with international companies and I've worked all, o- worked all over the world. But what's been clear is in terms of collaboration, even these last two weeks, I think a lot of companies that were nervous about taking certain steps like um, remote working, home, home working, um, they're seeing that they can, they can do it now. Yeah. But that means a different way of connecting with people because you can no longer um, walk down the, the factory floor and speak to Fred because you have an issue. You know, you've got to arrange it virtually. So there's going to be new ways of collaborating that's the first thing. I think the second thing is people are going to travel less. You know, why Why am I going to sit in an airport for five hours? And it, it, it is five hours, even within in a Europe flight, European yeah, flight, door to door. energy as well. You know, go from your house door to the office door or wherever you're going, you know, the works, it's five hours by the time you've left home to get to the place you're going to. You know, why, why am I going to be sit? out of range of people when I can do that um, I can do that online so I'm not saying I'm not going to travel but I think there's going to be a lot of reduced travel so therefore how do I get people you know if if I'm in somewhere like somewhere like Dublin how do I get people in Amsterdam or in uh, Milan to cooperate with me with me on my team and again it's an opportunity for reconfiguring how you collaborate and then there's the logical part which is what we touched on at the start which is supply chains i think that will change the security and the automation of supply chains so again that requires a a configuration in terms of how people work together um because we've already seen it we saw it with the whole explosion on big data you know huge talks about big data data analytics and so on and so forth what but a lot of people I work with, so my colleagues, they were saying, yes, but to do that, you change power structures in organizations and you change, you have to make people more flexible. And it took the, the main, the management world, I would say it took them about four or five years to catch up on that. Um, but some of the people I was being working with, they've been saying this to me for um, seven, eight, nine years now. So I, I think the ways we work together, collaboration, um, cooperation are, are going to change, and that's where I'm looking to to work because that's what I get do anyway. I get yeah. people to collaborate across borders. It's interesting that you said there about traveling airports, and I was speaking to someone there earlier on one of my other shows, Business Eye, mm. and they there was a there was a product in America that was released about ten years ago, 
and it was conference and people didn't like it because they were losing expenses because they were not commuting. You know, staying home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fiddling yeah. the old expenses. <laughs> you know? And I'm kind of going, that's going to change. It's about the tonality. It's about watching what people say, picking up what's going yeah. on between the sentences, watch reading the tonality. And if you're doing video, it's watching the body language as well. So the yeah. brain will have to have a whole new way of adapting to the way we function. And in the end, the new way will be the normal way. Yeah. yeah. I, I think when people are doing business internationally now, um, I, I think initially there'll be a face-to-face -face meeting where possible, and then it'll be done virtually. Yeah. I think duty-free, maybe if I have a, just caught a great idea here, maybe duty-free, <laughs> if you're saying I'm having a meeting with Stephen in Germany and I can't go to duty-free, I can log on order my duty-free and they'll drop it to my house. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to share it with anybody. You can just order it for yourself. Just order it, order it. Stephen, yeah. you, you have your website. We'll you'll get you to share out that name now in a second. You also now have your own podcast as well, which you are sharing weekly advice to people. They can pick that up on your LinkedIn profile. You're writing blogs as well. And I think you have some stuff coming out on YouTube. So I know that you're very active out there in helping corporate team leaders really evaluate how they conduct themselves and how their teams conduct themselves within the organization. So I commend you on that. Thanks. Where can people connect with your own podcast or reach out to you to have a conversation? Where can they, they locate you? The two easiest ways to do it is firstly, my website, that's stephenhunt.eu. That's Stephen with a V. And the second place to do it is via my LinkedIn profile. So if you just type in Stephen Hunt, uh, again with a V, H-U-N-T, and maybe type in Germany because there's a couple of Stephen Hunts in the world. Stephen Hunt Germany and LinkedIn, you'll find me there and I'll be happy to connect with anyone. Brilliant. And your email address? Stephen.hunt at alesco-development.com. Stephen, it's been a pleasure for you coming on to uh, Breakthrough Brands, the Conscious Business Show, as always, uh, a man of wise words. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, look, uh, great chatting and keep that entrepreneurial spirit up. I think it's very important for people to see and listen to people because it's the mixture of different disciplines at the end of the day that count. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes, folks. And that was Stephen Hunt, a fascinating guy. And I'll be bringing Stephen back on the show hopefully in a couple of months when all this is lifted. And remember, if you want to touch base with myself, it's joe at jdc.ie. The website is joedalton.ie. And we have the Conscious Business Academy, which is offering purpose, profit and prosperity into your life. We're talking about now soulful selling, mindful marketing, creative leadership and creative culture. Take care.